All right, so for our uh, our journey through the history of television, we tend to just watch kind of random stuff and jump all around, but we were kind of drifting back into the more modern era. So yeah, since we're kind of in the more recent times, I thought let's just hang out there for a bit. But this, uh, I didn't expect to dig this up for this week, but if you recall, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I started doing a Buffy podcast with my friends from Toronto, but we only did season one, and then we just basically fell off and stopped doing the podcast. But if you ever want to hear a great Buffy season one podcast, <laughs> it's called Does Buffy Suck? It's on podcast stuff, or search on YouTube, you can find a playlist. Yeah, and at that time, we watched uh, Buffy once more with feeling, didn't we? Yeah, so Which basically, that was that was actually the final episode of that podcast, it turns out. <laughs> it's because the podcast we thought was just on hiatus. And then we just ended up not picking it up again in season two, which is a shame because, uh, you know, I wanted to basically show my friend Rayanne, she was the one who hadn't seen the show, show her how cool Buffy is. But it's like, we just got to get through season one, stupid ass season one. And then season two is where it gets good. And then as soon as we got to season two, she was moved back to Newfoundland and the whole thing fell apart. We just never, <laughs> so she never got to see good Buffy. She only saw season one and the silly movie. She saw all the silly Buffy. So we sort of failed in that respect. But yeah, just uh, while I thought the podcast was just in limbo, just to fill up a week, I was like, well, since Marty doing this History of TV podcast with you, let's do an episode of Buffy. So uh, basically, I dug up that episode because I realized I might as well put it on our YouTube page. We have our little YouTube page for this podcast that, you know, it's uh, not a ton of subscribers, but people stumble upon stuff. Every once in a while, we have one that's, you know, gets a lot of views or whatever. And I was like, well, I might as well throw the Once More With Feeling episode we did in with this stuff, because it is... You know, it fits with our our stuff that we do on this show. Uh, so anyway, I was listening back to it, and it reminded me of some things where we talked about Buffy's mom and how we're neither of us are really a big fan of just the way they characterized her, where she's really just the stick in the mud. She's just kind of an annoying character, basically, which I think most people agree with. No one's a huge fan of Joyce Summers. But as we were talking, I forgot all about this. That's where it's neat to go back and listen to these old podcasts. You forget the shit that you talked about. Is... Uh, There was a a relatively early episode of Buffy in season three where, you know, uh, we started watching pretty regularly in season four, but then we just filled in the gaps with reruns on the earlier ones. So there was an episode where you get to find out about Buffy's mom and what Buffy's mom was like as a teenager. And you had mentioned that you didn't see that one. So just listening back, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We should watch that one because it's, it's a really good episode. And we were really hard on Buffy's mom, which kind of deservedly so, but I feel like we could at least fill in this final piece of her character puzzle. It really is kind of neat to see when you think about Buffy and how Buffy was kind of ditzy in season one and the movie Buffy, you know, that was our whole thing. You don't expect Buffy to be the vampire slayer. And it's kind of neat to see how Buffy's mom relates to yeah, when you see this episode, you'll know what I'm. You'll see what I'm talking about. She really is Buffy's mom, is all okay. I'll say for now. And I'll look at it from the perspective of a mother. Right, and it's just a, it's a just a good episode. So uh, just again, you know, just random Buffy nostalgia. Why not? And uh, this episode too is interesting because they reference New Brunswick, where you know is where we live, New Brunswick, Canada. But I remember at the time, Buffy just says a thing about like she there's a dent in the car. It's like look at this dent, the size of New Brunswick. And I was like, New Brunswick? Like, even at the time, I thought, like, Buffy's known for its quirky dialogue. But I was like, that can't be what I think it is. Why would they reference this New Brunswick? There must be something I'm not getting. And then when I moved to the States, when I moved to the tri-state area in New York, 
I realized if you ever bring up New Brunswick, everyone thinks you're from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, there is it. Uh, is it New Brunswick? New Brunswick, New Jersey, New Jersey. Or is it Brunswick, New Jersey? Nope, it's New Brunswick, New, New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. So I was like, oh, that, that must be what they were referencing. I mean, you never know. Buffy is, is, you know, Quirksville, and they try to say weird things you wouldn't expect. But I presume they were referencing New Brunswick, New Jersey, <laughs> not New Brunswick, Canada. Who knows, though, either way. But, uh, but that was the first thing I thought of when somebody mentioned to me, oh, you're from New Jersey? And I was like, what, what, what? And then as soon as I learned there was a New Brunswick, New Jersey, I immediately thought back to this Buffy. And I was like, oh, that's what was going on. Because even at the time, I was like, I just can't. We're believe. so... I can't believe they would mention New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the things. Maybe you'd mention Nova Scotia or Newfoundland, but you just wouldn't. <laughs> New Brunswick, but right between Quebec and Nova Scotia. Like, I think we might be the last province. Maybe one of those prairies. I don't know. <laughs> that you would ever <laughs> reference randomly. Uh, but then the other thing I thought while well, I was like, oh, I'll dig up this old Buffy. But then that also made me think of, you know, we watched uh, Buffy pretty consistently from season four and then five, six, seven is where it ended. And then that year Buffy ended and they had that show Firefly, but it only ran for that one year it ended. But there was still one little extra year where Angel held on for one more year past all the other Joss Whedon shows. But at that point I had moved in with my friend Matt and I'm pretty sure... I don't know if you saw many of those where it was uh, the very last season of Angel. Remember there was that law firm, Wolfram and Hart, that they were always kind of uh, just the evil law firm that was always just meddling with things. And the way season four ended is it was kind of weird. It was just uh, Angel and his gang had saved the world from whatever, you know, evil mind control shit that was going on. And... Uh, Cordelia had like ascended. She had ascended to become like a god. It was very, that show got really weird. It was a great, great show, but it got really weird. And just through some weird stuff, basically, Angel and his friends take over the evil law firm. And in the final season, they work at this evil law firm. Does any of that ring a bell? <laughs> no, but I'll have to see it. Yeah, so I didn't oh, think you'd see it. Oh, there's nothing like evil law firms. <laughs> right. Well, specifically, just because I, I don't know how much this episode has to do with the evil law firm, but just to explain, that's why they're not in... They used to have their hotel that they hung out in, and that's where they would do their stuff from. Now they're hanging out at an evil law firm. But this episode in particular, it's called Smile Time, and it's about this evil kid show called Smile Time that's taken over kids' minds. And... Again, once we get to it, you'll you'll see why. I mean, you think that you think the evil law firm's funny? It's nothing compared to this episode. <laughs> we got evil law firms, evil kid shows. Yeah. Sure. Oh, man. <laughs> this episode is it's easily the craziest episode of Angel I think they've ever made. So I was just thinking, like, you know, just to wrap that up, and we're not going to watch the entire fifth season because, uh, you know, who's got the time? But if you're going to watch one episode of the last days of Angel, this is the one. So uh, one Buffy, one Angel. I thought that's what we do this week. Just, uh, just again, just because I was listening to our old Once More With Feeling review, and you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Again, that's all we always do in this podcast. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason. It's just whatever way the wind is blowing. Uh, so yeah, and if anyone wants to watch along, we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer season three, episode six, uh, Band Candy, I think it's called, and Angel, season five, episode 14, Smile Time.
so I guess we'll start with just the angel thing because uh, I don't know that there's necessarily all that much to say about it. I honestly just showed you that episode because I was like, oh man, like, yeah, I don't think mom ever saw the last season of Angel. And that angel puppet is so funny. <laughs> but honestly, that's kind of it. You know, there's really nothing else much to say about that particular yeah, thing. Very bizarre little show. And uh, yeah, and I mean, it really is weird, like, because that was the, you know, the, the last season. And uh, even just like when you're asking, like, so, so are they lawyers? Like, what's going on? And there's no easy way to explain. So, I mean, I'm not saying that the show got canceled because of this weird law firm thing, but it's, it is just, it was weird. It was not where anyone saw the show going. And it's like, what even, like, what is this show? <laughs> like, it was always kind of weird anyway, because it was just Angel being a detective to try to redeem himself for his past evils. I mean, it was never a great premise to begin with. It's just Buffy is a successful show. How do we make another Buffy? But at this point, yeah, it's so circuitous and twisty and weird. It's like, who knows? Whatever. It got canceled. Let's not even worry yeah, about it. You just kind of accept it for what it is. And don't question it too much. But that puppet, there was, a, there was another episode, too, where there's this guy who works in the mailroom who's got a luchador mask, and he's just always in the background. And they did a whole episode about him, the story of this luchador who works in the mailroom. So there was, like, these occasional standout episodes. But that one... What I love so much about that one is, uh, like, I wouldn't even say that was a great episode, but that puppet is so awesome. Like, because, like, it makes it extra good because we've had to watch so many years of Angel feeling sorry for himself. And, oh, I killed so many people when I was a vampire. Oh, I'm so brooding. And then the brooding puppet. It's like they knew. They knew what Angel was like. They knew everyone was getting kind of tired of this shit. <laughs> and they're like, how can we make this funny? So, yeah, I mean, that's. That's always going to be a classic just because it's so weird. And that puppet is so funny. Like the little, just him walking. Anytime they showed his whole body and he's walking. But but yeah, I wouldn't say that was, uh, besides that, I don't know what else there is to say about that. However, uh, what would you think about uh, about seeing how Buffy, Buffy's mom, when she was young, was even more of a ditz than Buffy? Yes. <laughs> I think that's just kind of an interesting, interesting wrinkle to her. And other than the fact that the young Giles is attracted to her, I, the only reason why I could think he would be attracted to her is that she's quite, she's attractive, she's sexy. Right, because he's really dismissive. Anytime she tries yeah. to bring up anything, yeah, he's like, tries, whatever. You know, they're listening to some really good rock music, and she asks him if he seals and croft, which is very soft, so, soft music, and he just blows that off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're, I'm thinking. Um, in the real world, I doubt that he would have given somebody like her the time of day. Because she really is quite conservative, too. Right. Then you see her kind of loosening up. and But but when he uh, goes to break into the store to get her that coat, she's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, the store is closed. Yeah, she's very uncool, where at least Buffy's cool. You know, Buffy, even early Buffy, when Buffy was, you know, a dumber character, but was not a uncool or unhip. If anything, was like the prom queen, you know? <laughs> where, yeah, I always found the Buffy character, though, very annoying. Like, she's, there, there are some excellent female actors in that show, uh, but her, she's, well, and she's supposed to come off as ditzy, so that it's totally unbelievable that she would be a slayer. So I guess, yeah, that's what's kind of weird with that episode is like, it certainly doesn't make you like Joyce Summers better. If anything, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. It is just kind of like it, 
it reinforces kind of that the whole family is like that. The whole family <laughs> is just, you know, that the, the Summers family is just full of dumbasses. But but I do love that 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 it's the one time that I found Buffy's mom not just a an annoying character that you wish would get off the screen. It's like, oh yeah, she did have that one episode. Where, yeah, you know, and she did. She was kind of letting loose there at the end and lightening up. Because yeah, the early parts of the episode are to a T why people don't like that character. Just like, Buffy, you gotta study for your SATs. You don't spend all your time slang. Blah, blah, blah. Just like the most... I mean, that's kind of an archetype that keeps showing up. Did you ever see that show Breaking Bad about yeah. the guy yeah, who's like, mm-hmm. he is just a professor yeah, but he becomes a meth yeah. dealer? Yeah. And and the irony of that show is he's... The idea is just like how to... Wa- watching a, a good person become a villain. Like he becomes like a legitimate drug kingpin by the end. However, the quote-unquote good character is his wife, and everyone hates his wife because his wife is the fun police. Like, it's fun for us to watch this guy ruin his life with his meth empire. It's not fun for the wife to go, don't you do that. (laughs) You know, even though in real life, that's the good person. So that's what Buffy's mom is like. It's like, we just, we're not here for that. (laughs) We're not here for the real world. We're not here for responsible parenting. However, the part that she plays is, is believable of a parent who believes she is exerting control, but really she she doesn't have a clue right. of what's, what's really going on. Yeah, I was actually surprised because I didn't realize that at this point in the show she even knew Buffy was a slayer. I don't really remember how that happened because my memories of her are double bad because she's being all annoying. And, well, actually, maybe this is worse. At least before when she was like, don't stay up all night, she didn't know that her daughter has these uh, responsibilities to save the world, where at this point she does know, and she's still yeah. doing that shit. But see, at the beginning, uh, see, I didn't realize either that she knew that Buffy was a slayer. So my initial response to when she's staying out half the night is, why isn't her mother questioning the fact that here's this teacher from her school, and she's always hanging out with him, and she's always <laughs> going over to his place, and and uh, oh yes, well, studying for SATs and all that. Uh, come on how how you don't question that like what the hell's going on here this older man and this young woman yeah I, she never she never seems to question that i, I am kind of it's where it is kind of a shame that my buffy podcast only lasted to season one because yeah it would be interesting to watch season two and three again to see how because yeah i just have no memory at all i do remember at the end of season two spike meets buffy's mom I mean, I, I don't know. So she obviously finds out there's vampires at some point. That is a great line, though, that dude, uh, Oz, Seth Green's character, uh, Willow's boyfriend in this season, when uh, he finds out there's vampires, because his cousin's a werewolf, and then they eventually tell him, like, hey, this is why we're all hanging out, because Buffy's the Slayer, and explains the whole thing about vampires, and, and they're like, I know this is hard to, to believe, and he just goes, no, actually, that explains a lot. Because <laughs> he has so much weird shit happens in that town. Like, you can only be ignorant for so long. But yeah, I also love the stuff with Giles. Like, they had made references up to that, before that, that uh, when he was young, him and his friends, you know, obviously were like that, and they summoned demons, and somebody got killed, and, like, that's what put him on the straight and narrow. Okay, because there again, I'm wondering, like, here's this guy, this hip young guy, you know, with the... Marlon Brando t-shirt and cigarettes in his sleeve and everything and real kind of out there and all of a sudden as an as an adult person he's so straight and the tie and the suit and the 
prim and proper. Like, hard to believe that he was this kind of so, yeah, in a wild way, cat as a young fellow. It's kind of like a junior version of Angel's story, where Angel, you know, uh, for 200 years killed a bunch of people, and now he's trying to redeem himself. As far as I know, with Giles, he was only responsible for, like, one guy dying or whatever. But it was enough that he's like, never again, you know. This is like, it's like the most Catholic show of all time. Everyone's just trying to get redemption for the guilt they feel in the past or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, there's just some, some great lines, too. Just like, now listen here, you're my watcher, you do what I tell you, or whatever. And I just loved how, at, like, just the little things Buffy's mom did to seem young. My favorite one was... Uh, Willow's on the phone learning about this demon and hey it's Willow on the phone she wants to talk to you real bad because it's just one of those little things yeah. that like an adult wouldn't say <laughs> so see I like that although man one thing watching both of those episodes because it's been such a long time since I've really dug into those shows they both have the same pattern that I'm sure happens in most of these where the first third is the most boring shit in the world where it's like here's just the relationship building about well, here's what's going on with the characters then the wacky thing happens. Angel turns into a puppet or the parents but get young. I'm sure the show, for, for people who didn't know the history of the show or watch a whole lot of the shows, you've got to have a little bit of that introduction. Otherwise, right. if you jump just into that weird stuff, it's like, what the heck is going on here? Who are these people? Yeah, and especially at the time, because nowadays you could just watch whatever you want on Netflix or whatever. But yeah, we, I mean, we both picked up that show just midway through. I started at the end of season two and you somewhere around four or whatever so yeah obviously you need to you have to have some kind of a a little introduction to kind of explain to the audience what's going to happen later on because otherwise yeah if you just jumped into that stuff everybody would be kind of what (laughs) (laughs) what's happening who are these people (laughs) and then the other thing i never noticed at the time that i think is probably mostly just the style of the late 90s just where tv is somewhat more subtle nowadays is uh all of the little relationship stuff, it's like a sledgehammer to the face. I couldn't believe how unsubtle it was, where in Angel it was like, oh, Fred likes Wesley, and this werewolf woman who I'd forgotten existed likes Angel, and like it's so... And they have to tell you. Right. Rather than just having... Uh, it was obvious that the werewolf woman liked Angel when he was he was putting her in that cage, and she asked him what, what was he doing for breakfast. It, that's very obvious that right. she's got the hots for him, but they have to... Then, then everybody else has to talk about how she's got the hots for him. But I feel like the worst one of all was this thing in Buffy where in my memory it was, you know, Willow and Xander were always just friends. There's a little bit in season one that Willow maybe likes Xander a little, but he's oblivious or whatever. And then it's been building up season two. And then halfway through season three, they finally, you know, get caught making out or whatever. But yeah, it was just like they're like doing like the little footsie thing under their table in study hall but not just like a quick little like i feel like, like the knee at first i thought all they were going to do they had the knees touch yeah which would have been enough and i said you know what okay i get i get it these two have got are going to have something going on but man no then you're yeah. right they practically did it on the floor they're not quite but. Yeah, yeah like they went back to their their legs touching so much that they're like intertwined but not only that the lilting romance music. Dun, 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 dun. Every time of just like, this is the romance scene. And I was like, dude, like, uh, it's it's yeah. shockingly... When, when enough, enough with just the, the touching of the knees would yeah. have been enough. And, and yeah, and it's not just... And then there's the part in that episode with Buffy and Angel. And I mean, just repeat over and over and over for every single thing. And it's just like, dude, yeah, there's, a, there's stuff in that show that I... I mean, and again, it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's about 
magical band candy that turns grown-ups into kids, or it's about a magical TV show that turns Angel into a puppet. These shows aren't supposed to be subtle, but I was still surprised at how unsubtle it mm. is. <laughs> but then again, you have to remember, the time when that came out, the audience it was gearing for was probably about 13, 13 to 16 years old. Yeah, I mean, I think I was 16 or 17 when I started watching and, it. And uh, TV has a history anyway of just and especially American TV, of just bumping it right at you. Just in case you're too stupid to pick up on it, we better lay it out for you. And again, and again, and again. So considering that that, that was not made for an adult audience, for sure, that was game, I would say, I would say maybe even younger, 12? I mean, I think it's a little more teenage 16, than that. 16, 17? Yeah. Right. Uh, but that was the age group it was going for. It was not going for, for people who would be in their 20s and 30s. And see, now you're watching it as, a, as an adult, and you're seeing it from a whole different perspective right. than you would have seen it at 16. And I think that's also part of kind of the, uh, the legend that built up around that show. And, and also why I just presumed I wouldn't like it, and I'm <laughs> so surprised. Like It's like uh, your expectation, you know? Like if you expected it to be this kind of cool, clever, hip show, Maybe you'd be a little harder on it, but because it's called Buffy, it's based on this dumb movie, your expectations are in the fucking basement. And then, and there is a lot of stuff that lives up to those low expectations. There's a lot of stupid shit. But then the, the neat stuff and the clever stuff happens that wasn't happening in other shows, and it makes it seem double clever. So, yeah, 20 years later, it's like, wow, can you believe how good that... It's still amazing that mm. Buffy was a good show. But then you really do give it a second look and you're like hmm but I mean there's a lot but there, more but there's parts to it a lot more Buffy in that than I realized yeah. <laughs> a lot more like that wasn't wasn't an inappropriate title it was a Warner Brothers dumbass teen show it just was the best one but yeah so uh so anyway though I just thought yeah that uh now that we've just sewn up because again I'm sure you don't even especially remember that conversation we had about once more with feeling year and a half ago but just listening back to it and just that we we really shit on Buffy's mom <laughs> like a lot so I was like yeah let's at least give her her due of like the the best chance there ever is to like Buffy's mom is that episode so now we we got it in our back pocket <laughs> you know and they didn't do a bad job considering they were trying to cover all kinds of adults like I thought it would be more when you first talked about it I thought it would be more about her but it isn't. It was about all those adults, and some of them were just priceless. <laughs> Much more. But Principal likeable. Snyder. Principal yeah. Snyder, beautiful. Because you can the, really imagine how he probably was like that. <laughs> the know? lady with the uh, the gray hair. Oh yeah, the teacher. The yeah. teacher, um, priceless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, especially too. I mean, yeah, the hard ass teacher and stuff like that is. It really does explain. It goes some ways to explaining, like if he never was popular in school and the cool kids never liked him, probably the nerdy kids never liked him, probably nobody liked him. So now he's still in that environment. He's still in that school and he's like extra bitter because he's like, this is the place where nobody liked me. And nobody, and they still don't like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a grown man, they still don't like him. Yeah, like they, they whoever was the casting person behind, because even I used to think the guy who played Angel, David Boreanaz, I used to think he wasn't that good of an actor. But every time Angel turns evil, he's fucking great. He's just, it's just Angel's boring. It's not his fault that Angel's boring, you know? So yeah, I mean, and even I'll give Buffy, the actress Sarah Michelle Gellar, a little credit because there was also an episode where her and Faith switch bodies and she was all right. 
So it really, even then, it's just... And as know. that show progressed, she got better. I liked her as, a, as an actor in those later shows. But yeah, as, she, she didn't have much to work with. It's, that's but, but in the early days, and I guess, you know, she played the part that she was supposed to play, which was kind of ditzy. Yeah. And, and annoyingly so, you know, this, I'm, I'm this cool valley girl. For its faults and for whatever things maybe don't hold up, pretty, pretty cool. The shows are overall pretty good. And it good. certainly changed from uh, what originally was just supposed to be a make-off of the movie. Yeah. It really developed over the years into, well, it's different. It's uh, Yeah, because I mean, that is one thing. It was different. For all of his uh, controversies these days and how apparently Joss Whedon is not fun to work with and everybody doesn't like him as a person or whatever. But I got to give him credit that, I mean, that's kind of apparently how this thing started was he wrote the movie, but then the movie was out of his control and he didn't like how the movie turned out. And then it was like in his contract when they were going to make the show, they contractually had to ask him if he wanted to be involved in the show, but they just assumed he would say no because he was already a Hollywood screenwriter. And instead he said like, fuck yeah, I'll make that show. I'll show you what it was supposed to be like. And I mean, he did. He did it. He he proved to the world that this dumb idea was actually a good idea, <laughs> which the movie certainly certainly which, did not accomplish. Let's go back a few weeks. That's what Earl Hamner did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like of just exactly. He had uh, what was that movie called? Spencer's Mountain. Spencer's Mountain. The they, f- they did it as they wanted it. And it wasn't even close to what the Waltons was. Right. And then he did the homecoming. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't have really tied those together, but it's true. It's like, yeah, so... And then he produced a successful TV series that lasted, I don't know how many years, a long time, anyway, and was, uh, yeah, exactly the same. Some guy who says, no, you didn't do it right. This is how it should be done. So I guess, yeah, if we're trying to draw uh, Perhaps, highly yeah. highly uh, situational life lessons from, from these, it's like, hey, if you ever, if you ever have someone make a movie out of your idea and it doesn't turn out a few years later try to make a tv show and maybe that'll work out and if that doesn't work out then just give up (laughs) but but the second kick at the can is worth is worth it because it it might be a classic